What is it about Pentecost? As soon as I say that, there are some of you, you never heard that term. Some streaming, they've never heard that term. It's a biblical term. Depending on who you are, the home you grew up in, the country you were born in, the city, the region of even this country, the colloquialisms, the nomenclature, just the things that come along with that area that we've received in our life. That's all of us. We're all a composite of something. I want to get to the core of this thing called Pentecost. What is it to us? For some, it means the way I, the kind of clothes I wear. For many, as soon as you hear that term, it's, that was a time when we were asked not to wear jewelry or makeup for the ladies. For some, it's all about the music. That's Pentecostal music. For others, Again, I know nothing. I'm totally ignorant. So here's where we have to understand, because Grace Life, we've determined we're going to be biblical. We work through all the other traditions and all the things. I always say this to individuals one-on-one, so I'll say it to you collectively. How many of you would like to pastor this congregation right now? Come on up. Okay. Well, that's the point, is to try to speak to where it ministers to every individual where they are. It's an impossible task without the Holy Spirit. Even in Pentecostal circles of denominational tags, Church of God, Assemblies of God, Church of God of Prophecy, Mountain Assembly Church of God, Independent, just the list goes on. United Pentecostal, Apostolic, on and on. We, We have them all. And each one of these groups have different things that came along in their training or their dogmas or their creeds. What does the Bible teach us in its very origin? This is a God thing. God gave us Pentecost. And he wrapped it in a thing called a feast. And the thing about that feast is, in the Hebrew, it's the word moed. And in today's culture, you know what a moed is? It's a dress rehearsal. Every feast of the Lord are moeds. In other words, that's why they continue to come because we're constantly being trained. We're constantly receiving something that we had forgotten about. All the moeds, all the feasts of the Lord have that purpose because how many of us learned as humans, we forget pretty easy. What did I preach on last Sunday? No takers? (laughs) And yet, that's why the Holy Spirit still needs our life because he brings to remembrance when we need to remember. How many times has that happened for you? You're you're totally blank, and all of a sudden, there's that moment. It's like, I have full knowledge again. Who did that for you? So this thing called Pentecost It has a lot of different faces. It has a lot of different things that are wonderful and glorious and fabulous. But at its very core, it teaches us that it's a continuum. Pentecost simply means 50. And it simply was a a, a mathematical number with these feasts. And yet God took this feast to give us a gift 
called the Holy Spirit. All these feasts look unto Jesus and reminding us of what he had to fulfill and what he will fulfill. This feast, the centerpiece of the feasts, is reminding us what the first group that we think about when we talk about the day of Pentecost, when it fully came, it reminds us they were waiting for the promise. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to a very familiar passage of Scripture, Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to ask you to stand one more time. Let's read God's Word together. Acts chapter 2. Let's hear it again. Verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly... There came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and at this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered. Because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished. Saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia. Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Phylicia. Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mockingly said, they're drunk. You may be seated for a moment. Again, this continuum It comes with signs, it comes with wonders, it comes with prophecy, it comes with glossolalia, tongues, speaking in tongues, a a language that you weren't born with and raised around. Sometimes it's tongues that are known upon the planet, and other times it's tongues of angels, as Paul would later describe it. I've had some travel in my life. I've been in countries where I heard the native language being spoken and I had no knowledge what they were saying. I didn't know if they were talking about me the way I was dressed or how good looking I was. I've heard French and German, Swahili. You could go on with the list. I'm reminded of many years ago I was in Costa Rica and of course Spanish speaking. I don't speak Spanish. I can remember being with another man and going into a church for a few moments and there were some ladies gathering on a Tuesday morning for a prayer meeting and they were praying in their native tongue. To me, it was a foreign tongue. I'll never forget that moment. It helped me so much to give me insight because what I did experience, Brother Lynn, was I felt the presence of God. I didn't have understanding. You see, the Bible says that we are to pray in the Spirit and pray with understanding. I could feel the presence of God. It moved me because now I was just focused upon that and wanting to have understanding, but I didn't receive it in that moment, and yet I felt the presence of God. Another time, Sheila and I were in, many of you, of course, born in Brazil. We were in Brazil for a week with a Portuguese language. 
In the Spanish, after a while, I could pick up a few things. The Portuguese, I was lost the whole week. We only had one other person that could speak English that was around us all week long, and we weren't around her very often. So for a full week, I just heard a language I didn't understand. I would look at billboards and try to think, okay, in the Spanish, I can kind of get things together. In the Portuguese, I couldn't get the first clue. Don't laugh at me. Got, got two Brazilians up here. So I'm looking, I felt like I was a fifth grader. I mean, a, yeah, five-year-old maybe even. I started looking at the billboard just to see the pictures so I could kind of know what was going on. And it reminded me of Pentecost. Because you see, this was the first real unifier upon the planet. On that day, this feast that was a continuum, all the dress rehearsals led up to this day that we're still talking about where the world, with all of its differences, had the privilege of hearing the good news. The day of Pentecost changed everything. It was a paradigm shift. It was like the tectonic plates of the earth shifted and created tsunamis, quakes, that we're still feeling the rippling effect of. This congregation is no different. Many nations represented in this congregation, those streaming, where we know that what happened then is still happening. But I want to take you to one more experience before I quit. Because I just had a personal experience a couple of weeks ago. And this experience is not about me, even though I have to include myself in the story. With transportation, many of you know that I'm a bus driver from Marietta City Schools. One of the other drivers had asked me to go to the hospice on Kennesaw Avenue, Tranquility, to visit an ex-husband, knowing he was stage four cancer and soon to leave this world. And she told me, she said, he was raised in church, but as we got married, he got out of church. I took the children to church myself. They're all adults now. She said, but I can't stand him leaving this earth without a pastor, without a church. Would you go visit? So I did. By the time I got there, the, the Laden had already taken effect and we're always, always trained that hearing is the last thing to go. So I was very careful with the family what to speak. After meeting with the family members there, the point I want to get to is I'd ask the family to come together and that we might pray. And I spoke to this man as if I knew he could hear everything I was saying. Alan, I felt inspired to do something. I don't know that I'd ever had quite this experience. In praying, I was, I was instructed to do it like I was preaching. And I just shared the gospel and how to repent about the forgiveness of sins. In other words, giving a full explanation of this privilege. I can't report to you today that the gentleman's eyes opened up or a nodding of a head. That's all in God's control. All I know is I was called out of obscurity to the situation. So the ex-wife calls me the next day. She was not in the room when I had been there. She said, Mr. Brooks, let me tell you. She said, 
I don't know how to thank you enough, number one. Number two, she said, my husband was raised in a church like what you pastor. You see, I told her then, I said, there's no doubt that God had ordained my steps. Why, why would a Pentecostal preacher be called into this situation? Other than, I said, I called the lady by name. I said, I believe that unanswered prayers of parents for him, God had never forgotten. The point I'm really getting is where it sounds like I'm talking about me. She said, I got to tell you, my kids told me, said, this man that you sent, oh my goodness, the eloquence, the words. We've never heard anything like that. And then she made the expression, and they said, it was like he was, it wasn't a foreign language, but it was like he was speaking in tongues. You see, we forget about that element of Pentecost. And even in your own native tongue, the power of the Holy Spirit resting upon us. You see, that's what prophecy really is. It's not always predicting the future. It's speaking for and forth for God. Where we're going is this. They all heard that day in their own language. They can understand the wonderful works of God. That's Pentecost. In a word, the helper, the Holy Spirit who comes and comforts us, comes alongside us, strengthens us, the power that we just sung about to, for changed lives. We once were darkness, but now walking in marvelous light by the power of a Pentecostal message, a message that shook the earth with a great mighty sound like a rushing wind, and it's still changing lives today. Amen. Here's the beautiful thing, and if, team, if you'll come up. You know, uh, I, I know we have like Mark Adams back here who is the electrician extraordinaire. But for all of us, we realize we're enjoying the energy. It's burning these LED lights and running cameras. There's a correlation because engineers have learned how to harness this energy that's been here all along. We have rivers, and now all of a sudden they were able to engineer dams and then to source that water and convert it over these, these plants that create this energy known as electricity for us. But the real thing is this. It all breaks down because of a thing called transformers. Not transmitters, but transformers. Because you see, just like our God, if we took the hundreds of thousands of volts that those plants are creating and didn't transform it, it would burn up everything in its path. And so it is with the power of God. The power of God is immeasurable. And yet, this transformer known as the Holy Spirit is able to break it down in working units that causes health, that causes us change of life, 
I wonder just with a raise of hand, how many would say, there was a time in my life I wasn't real proud of myself, but Jesus came into my life and my life has been different ever since. My life was changed. I once was bound to certain vices that I was powerless over, but the power of God, not all the power of God, enough power that helped me in my situation that didn't consume me, but changed me. The great transformer is what was given that day on the day of Pentecost. Would you stand with me today?